1 Corinthians chapter 10. And we'll read just four verses of Scripture here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and the verse 30 to the end of the chapter. The Word of God says, If I by grace be a partaker, why am I evil spoken of for that which I give thanks? Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Give none offence, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Amen. I want to draw your attention to the verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. I don't want to give an exposition of this verse this evening, but I do want to draw your attention to it and use it as something of a springboard for some thoughts that we have this evening. So let us just seek the Lord just in a moment's prayer. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank thee tonight. We can be here and we can come together through this means. Bless us, we pray. And we thank thee for good fellowship over this Christmas season with one another and with family. We pray that thou would bless each of us in our homes, meet our needs. And, O God, as we turn to thy word this evening, bless it to us. Minister to our hearts. Teach us in thy ways and glorify thy name. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. In less than a week, we will consign the year 2023 to our memories and commence what is an unknown journey into 2024. The new year marks a fresh start for us. And many will take this opportunity to propose changes to their lifestyle in the form of resolutions. History tells us, and maybe your own history tells you, that many of those resolutions will last not much longer than next week. The new year is marked by ungodly parties and sinful activity. Yet some resolutions that are made can certainly fall into those categories. And when we trace the history of New Year's resolutions, we find similar traditions. In the Roman Empire, there were those who began the year by making promises to the god Janus, from which we get the month January. Nowadays, people make resolutions to do many things. A vast number of these resolutions it can have a benefit for our lives. There are those who will promise to stop smoking or to go on a diet or to get more exercise or to change something in their life positively for the better. The English Puritans of the 16th and 17th centuries stood against the indulgence of New Year's Day. and They promoted the setting aside of time for prayer and meditation upon the year that was ending and a looking forward to the new year and to making resolutions, not resolutions regarding the secular world, but spiritual resolutions, dealing with besetting sins, making better use of their talents for the Lord, praying for Christian charity and Christian love. And as we stand at the close of an old year, the commencement of a new year, it is good for us to make spiritual resolutions. 
Jonathan Edwards was a preacher and theologian in the 18th century in America. The extent of his works is vast, but some of the most interesting and practical of his writings are his 70 resolutions. They were penned as a young man between the years of 1722 and 1723. And he said in those resolutions to read some of them, he said he was resolved never to lose one moment of time but improve it the most profitable way I possibly can. Resolved never to do anything that I should be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. Resolved to study the scripture so steadily, constantly and frequently that I may find and plainly perceive myself to grow in the knowledge of them. And so this evening, in light of the verse we have before us, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, and the resolutions of Edwards, the new year, reaching out before us, I want us to consider, quite simply, spiritual resolutions. Spiritual resolutions. And we see here that our resolutions should be God-glorifying. The resolutions that we make, our resolutions, should be glorifying to God. And we see that in verse 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. And this is a key thought, that our resolutions should be God-glorifying. In fact, everything that we do should be glorifying to God. And in all that we do, we should desire to bring glory or honour to him. And that applies to spiritual resolutions, to the usual New Year's resolutions. Everything that we engage in, inside the church, in our families, in society should all be, as it were, flowing toward bringing glory to our God and to our Saviour. The reformer John Calvin said about this verse, he said, lest they should think, speaking of the context, which we've kind of skipped over this evening, but he said, lest they should think that in so small a matter they should not be so careful to avoid blame. He teaches that there is no part of our life and no action so minute that it ought not to be directed to the glory of God, and that we must take care that even in eating and drinking, we may aim at the advancement of it. I think what Calvin says highlights a problem we see today, because in the minds of some individuals, for example, as long as they don't worship false gods, as long as they don't rob banks, as long as they don't murder somebody, as long as they don't end up in court, or they don't have immoral relationships, then every other issue is minor. It doesn't really matter. They take the Ten Commandments as it were at face value. They don't look into the depth of the commandment. Uh, They take the Ten Commandments, which is actually a summary of the law of God, and they say, well, I'm not going to steal something significant. I'm not going to kill an individual. I'm not going to, you know, not worship the God of heaven or not put him first. Uh, But yet we find that They set all these minor things in their lives. And they engage in those minor things. They do those minor things. It doesn't matter as long as they do not engage in the big sins. It's okay to do the minor sins. But yet Paul states here that in everything we ought to glorify God, nothing Nothing is excluded. If I were to tell you that I put my hand in the collection plate of the church and took some money, 
you would be horrified. I haven't done that. I have no intention of doing that. That is theft. But you'd be horrified. But I remember as a child, being in the church and being in the back room of the church. And of course, that's where the sweets, the candies for the children's work were kept. And some of the children loved to take some of those candies. The, the adults weren't there. The candies were on the shelf. And we could freely take as many as we want. And I maybe did take one or two. Uh, but I soon realized and when my parents found out that that is stealing as well. It's not the same as, as it were, putting your hand in the offering plate and taking money that has been given to God. But those things have been bought with the money for the work of God. It was still part of that which was for the work of God. And it was still stealing because they were for a specific purpose. Stealing a candy is maybe minor compared to stealing hundreds of pounds or something like that. But it's still theft. And this is what we see the apostle gearing toward here and explaining to us that everything that you do, even if it's eating and we need to eat to live or drinking and we need to drink to live, whatever it is, whether it's minor, whether it's big, it's to be for the glory of God. And therefore, nothing is excluded. And if we were to say it and to think of how we can resolve to live for God in 2024. We need resolutions then that honour God. Resolutions that are a testimony to his help and guidance in our lives. Resolutions that will help us grow in the knowledge of God. There are verses in scripture where the apostles direct those to whom they're writing to grow in grace. And to grow in the knowledge of God. And to grow closer with God. And our resolutions ought to align with that that we would grow for God resolutions that enable us to go forward for God and that should be the purpose of how we resolve to act to glorify God and to enjoy him forever Jonathan Edwards said that he was resolved that I will do whatsoever I think to be most of God's glory and to my own good profit and pleasure of course God's glory is first He's not thinking of sinning in regard to his own good profit and pleasure, but he's putting God first and then those things that can glorify God to his own good profit and pleasure. Matthew Henry said this is the fundamental principle of practical godliness. The great end of all practical religion must direct us where particular and express rules are wanting. Nothing must be done against the glory of God and the good of our neighbours connected with it. Nothing must be done against the glory of God. And when we think of that, how many things this year have we failed to glorify God in? Are there lessons to be learned? Most certainly we have lessons to learn. All of us have lessons to learn. And a great need to learn those lessons in order to glorify God, to set aside our own strength and ideas and to rely upon him. What about next year? Should we take the resolution of Jonathan Edwards and apply it to our own lives to live for God's glory? And therefore our resolutions should be God-glorifying. Even the secular resolutions we make should be glorifying to God. Secondly, I want you to see that our resolutions should be lifelong, not temporary. 
Our resolution should be lifelong, not temporary. And this is an implication of verse 31. In all that we do, we're to glorify God. And this is a permanent thing. This is a fixture of our lives. If you were to hit your 21st birthday or your 90th birthday, whatever birthday it might be, it is not a reason to set aside glorifying God. If you go to a wedding, a wedding of friends or family, and there's sin involved, that is not a license for you to set aside the glory of God in regard to verse 31 and engage in sin just for that night because of the occasion. We're to glorify God in all things. And the resolutions we make to God's glory, we may make them for 2024, but in reality, they ought to be lifelong. One interesting, humorous and sorrowful fact of making resolutions is that the majority of us will fail to keep them. Some years ago, a study found that out of 3,000 people, 88% failed in keeping their resolutions. That might, if we were to look at ourselves tonight, uh, that might mean that maybe two, maybe three of us would succeed next year in keeping our resolutions. The rest of us, as the survey would imply, we would feel. When we consider the resolutions to improve our health, such resolutions are made for a year or so, but in reality, they ought to be long-term goals. It's no good, as some would do, stopping smoking or eating the wrong food for a year just to start again the next year. And the same thought is true spiritually. It is pointless for us as God's people to resolve to show more Christian love to the brethren to read our Bibles twice a day in order to grow spiritually this year, this next year, or just to set those resolutions aside in 12 months. We've done it. We've grown spiritually. Now we don't need to do it anymore. But we do. We do. Spiritual resolutions ought never to be temporary, but permanent. And the children of Israel are a prime example of that. They resolved to follow the Lord time and time again. And what happened? Within a few years, they had forgotten. They neglected that resolution. And that affected their spiritual well-being. And they needed to be delivered again. And they made another resolution and another promise. And what happened? That failed. And then they had to be delivered again. And so the account continues. And we must have consistency as the people of God. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight tells us, Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We're to be steadfast and unmovable. Dear believer, if you feel, after reviewing this year and the difficulties that you may have faced in your spiritual life, and you look at 2024, how can I, with God's help, improve? Let me resolve not to miss my Bible reading, not to miss prayer, not to miss the prayer meeting, not to miss the worship services of the church, to read good Christian literature, to find some books. And there's books in our church library as well, a good literature that you can read, not always big, long, deep books, but short little books that can help us. And we can resolve to read more and to study more and to pray more. And we should keep that on and never give up because of the importance in that. The resolutions of Jonathan Edwards, they were lifelong. His first resolution was resolved that I will do whatsoever I think to be most to God's glory and to my own good profit and pleasure. Yes, I said that. 
But I didn't finish the resolution. And he goes on to say, in the whole of my duration, meaning his life. Not a year, his life. He said at the commencement of his resolutions as well, remember to read over these resolutions once a week. Why? Because he could forget. He wanted to remind himself and challenge himself. And our resolutions that we make, being resolved to go forward for God, being resolved to witness to others, resolved to come to the house of God, these things are not, ought not to be temporary. Circumstances of life can affect us, but our desire, our resolution should always be the same. Circumstances of life can make us absent from the house of God. It shouldn't extinguish our desire to be there, but it can extinguish our capability of being there. But it should never extinguish our desire to be there because our resolution to be there should be lifelong. It's not a temporary thing. So how can we remember our resolutions? How can we remind ourselves of their importance? We write them down. We place them in a prominent place. We constantly remind ourselves and refresh ourselves of their importance throughout the year or years. We pray over them. We understand the biblical importance of these resolutions. And our resolution should be biblical to the glory of God, to bring us closer to God. And thirdly, I want you to see that our resolutions can be achieved only through the help of God. Only through the help of God. And how do we do that? Well, we spend time in prayer. We read the scriptures. We make sure that we're present when possible at the house of God. We deal with sin within our lives. Sin will affect us being resolved to do things for God. And we seek his grace and his help and his spirit to conquer sins within our lives. We desire to go forward in the Lord's service, to witness for others, to learn more about the Lord and our duty as believers, helping and encouraging downcast saints, helping and encouraging others to resolve to go forward for God, being resolved to do things to the glory of God. And can we achieve these things through our own strength? No, we must look to the Lord. Philippians 4 verse 13, the apostle says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. The modern church has taken that out of context. I mean, today, there would be individuals who would say, well, I can climb Mount Everest because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can go and run the marathon because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can go at my age and play soccer with teenagers who are much, much fitter than me because I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that's not what the verse means. It's not what the verse means. Paul is speaking about the difficulties and the trials and spiritual matters. And when it comes to resolving ourselves to be closer to God and to conquer sin and to live for him spiritually, we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Isaiah 40 tells us about the youths fainting and being weary and the young men falling. Those we don't expect to fall have fallen, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. We need to be close to the Lord and to his word to know that help and strength that comes from him 
Edwards wrote at the commencement of his resolutions as well, be insensible that I am unable to do anything without God's help. And how true that is. I do humbly entreat him by his grace to enable me to keep these resolutions as far as they are agreeable to his will for Christ's sake. Looking to the Lord for help. A clear acknowledgement of dependence for the Lord's word will encourage. The Lord's power will strengthen. So dear believer and dear congregation, May we be encouraged tonight to make spiritual resolutions, to think of this year, to rejoice in the good times, to thank God for the blessings, to ask him for the same blessings for next year, but to reflect upon our failures, to look at the times we've struggled, to look at the times we've maybe not glorified him the way that we ought, times when we've fallen short, times when we've sinned, and let us resolve by his grace that the same things will not happen next year. May we resolve to go forward for him, to enjoy his blessing, not only upon his church here, but upon each of our families and ourselves as individuals. That everything that we do, every great thing, every little thing, will be done to the glory of God. The Lord bless his word tonight for his name's sake. Amen.